Welcome back, friends. I'm thrilled to be back with you. I know I say that every single time, but I really am. I imagine all of you listening to these insights from these experts while you're driving or while you're exercising or cooking dinner for your family, and it just makes my heart smile. So thank you for being here. And this is a topic I haven't covered. I'm actually kind of shocked I haven't covered it yet, but it's breath work. And it's such an important topic. I had no idea the level and depth of research and expertise that goes into breath work, but it's a thing. And Nevsha is the perfect person to share that with us. She is the founder and CEO of Breath Hub. She's an educator, author, and entrepreneur who has touched the lives of thousands of people through her seminars, workshops, speeches, and books for over 20 years. She conducted research with over 40,000 people, published 12 books, and became the first person to set the standards for breath coaching by founding the Breath Coaching Federation and making the field an actual profession. So I would say Nevsha is indeed our expert, and here she is. All right, welcome to the podcast, Nevsha. Really excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm also very happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Claudia. Yes. Exciting. (laughs) It is exciting because I have not talked about breath work on the podcast, which seems like it's well overdue. So when I had the opportunity to connect with you, I thought, yeah, this is this is actually perfect for my audience uh, and for me. So really excited to dive in. Before we do that, let's dive into the first question, which is what does true wellness mean to you? Uh, true wellness, first of all, I think is a sustainable level of wellness. So first, it means me not using any prescriptive prescriptive medicine, (laughs) not taking any pills to be healthy and well. So staying healthy and well, being okay, you know, without needing any outside support, I think means true wellness. And of course, uh, holistic wellness. So wellness doesn't only mean physical wellness, spiritual, mental, emotional. I think finding the tools because staying like reaching to a sustainable level of health and well-being means staying on track. So it's not like a one-time thing. It, it's something alive that's you know ever-evolving. So if uh, we want to stay healthy and well, it's an evolving process. It is with tools we uh, use. And I think that's why true wellness for me means finding the right tools for you, for all of us, Uh, to stay sustainably healthy and well, emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Yes. I think what stood out for me is the sustainability of that. And I think that's a really important word to describe that. So I I appreciate that description. Thank you. All right. Mm -hmm. So I'm really curious to just know what led you down the path of breath work. So what's sort of your background and what sparked the interest in this journey? Sure. Yeah, first of all, personal interest in my early 20s, which is way 20, 22, 23 years ago, uh, I was feeling lost and I had a very conditioned mind full of rights and wrongs and I should be doing this, I shouldn't be doing this. So it's like I see it now in the young generation as well, well, like nowadays, 
because we live in social societies, we tend to have an idea that we need to fit in and somehow, you know, to be likable and to be okay, and to to basically do the right thing. You get conditioned and you, uh, you know, disconnect from yourself. And I was there many years ago in my early 20s and I was living with a social conditioning. I was trying to do the right thing rather than, than asking myself what I want or who I am what my heart wants. Uh, and I kind of like got lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I hadn't, I didn't have any, you know, uh, mission. I couldn't kind of like find my path in life. And uh, of course, everything started getting more and more meaningless. So I started searching for tools to find myself. I call it the find myself journey. So I started my find myself journey 22, 23 years ago. I became a yoga teacher. I started practicing yoga, you know, some pranayama, some breathing techniques, which helped me to kind of notice, not understand yet, but notice the power of breathing because the way I was breathing was changing the way I was feeling, the way I was thinking. So I wanted to, you know, learn more about breathing. Uh, and I was meditating as well. But the tipping point was the first holotropic breathwork session I experienced, again, many years ago, uh, which was really powerful. I was having a lot of pain, by the way, during the session in my body. So it was a one and a half hours holotropic breathing session from the mouth, real deep, conscious, connected breathing, where they leave you to yourself and you know you just breathe and get into a high level of frequency and you start experiencing stuff it was kind of like a psychedelic experience which was really really powerful because it was the first time in my life that i was able to literally get free of my body the physical mental body experience and tap into a spiritual realm where i felt fully connected with nature with the divine with the universe i was everything and anything it was kind of like a psychedelic experience, but then again, I was fully awake and aware. I was filled with energy. And I kind of like during that one and a half hour session, I kind of like almost found all the answers to my questions, which was amazing. It was like, ah, that now I understand. Now I get it. Like why this happened and why that happened. So it was kind of like this, you know, people call it um, life and like life and death experience. It's kind of like before, you know, death or near-death experiences people experience stuff like they look at their whole life story they see themselves you know in their whole life story and um, kind of like get it I kind of you know, experienced a similar experience and I thought wow you know if one session could do that this is just amazing and I wanted to uh, truly understand scientifically also understand what's happening here like how come breathwork can lead me into such an amazing journey where in just one session I was able to find my mission I woke up like I know like I know what I want to do with my life I want to you know I want I know what I want to dedicate my life to it was like everything was so clear so after that I started researching I finished a lot of courses with behavioral sciences background I started working with the graduate school of behavioral health sciences also, the breath I founded the Breath Coaching Federation. I started working with the Breathing Sciences School. And then it just, it just moved so fast. I was teaching, researching, 
working with the faculty. Uh, and then at one point, you know, I was teaching to tens of thousands of people, you know, doing retreats, doing workshops, live events, digital trainings, certification programs, which I was you know, able to train over four, uh, over 40,000 people and also certify over 2,000 breath workers. And it has been a, a crazy journey for me. And a couple of years ago, when I asked myself, what's next? Because I, you know, I was kind of like feeling fulfilled um, around teaching. I wanted to, you know, carry this message on to tens of millions of people. So I wanted to go on a path where I would be able to create a more uh, scalable business model. And that's what I did when I decided to found BreathUp. Uh, it's an app, also an educational platform, only committed to breath work, where people can find all kinds of breathing techniques, workshops, anything from holotropic breathing to Wim Hof to uh, rebirthing, transformational breathing, pranayama, yogic breathing, anything and everything. And over the years, with all the research I have done, I have realized that we're all different, breathing differently. So when it comes to breath work, not uh, all breathing techniques are good for everyone. So teaching certain breath work techniques uh, isn't a good idea. We need to analyze people's breathing habits. If I, as a teacher, as someone dedicated to helping people, want to help people, truly help people uh, reach to sustainable health and well-being, I need to give them a tool so that they can analyze their breathing habits and then go on customized journeys because a breathing technique that works for you might not work for me. It might even be harmful for me or vice versa. So I think when it comes to breath work, you know, I love the fact that many people are you know, interested in breath work, doing breath work sessions, this and that, but without a proper analysis, uh, it might not give us the best results and we might even be doing some harm to ourselves than good. So when it comes to breath work, it's kind of like we need to really watch because every change in our breathing changes the respiratory physiology, which changes the overall body fluid chemistry. And, um, you know, if, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, due to your breathing habits, uh, I think the analysis, the breath analysis is the most uh, most important tool uh, in this whole story. <laughs> yeah, this is really um, fascinating for me because I, I love to hear your journey that you, you know, you took a breath class and now it's like, this is your, this is your passion and your life journey. I always love to yeah. hear how those things sort of play out. And I think it's fantastic that you committed that fully to that path. And I also find it, um, really interesting because I think many of us, including me, even up to a couple of years ago, don't even think twice about our breathing. And, um, it just feels very involuntary and, um, insignificant until we understand the significance of it. And I'm still learning for sure. Um, but I'm at least more aware of if I happen to be breathing really shallow at any given time, or, you know, an acupuncturist was the first to tell me, wow, your breathing is really shallow. And I'm like, it is, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm alive. So that's all I know. Um, and so I'm, I'm just kind of learning more about this. And so I, I think it would be helpful if we kind of back up a little bit and talk about, because you're considered a world authority on dysfunctional breathing and, um, what, what even is dysfunctional breathing and how can we identify mm. if we may have that? Yeah. 
Um, so I don't think I, we, we need any identification because we have that. We all have dysfunctional and functional breathing habits, both. If you're a human, if you have emotions, you do have dysfunctional breathing habits. So it's not a question. But the question is how dysfunctional it is and how much uh, how much it is affecting your health. So first of all, I want to start with something you said, because I think many people, when they first hear about breath work, they think, okay, I'm breathing. You know, I didn't, I don't, why would I need a breathing you know, exercise or technique? Why would I need to work on my breathing? So that's like something common. And the reason for that is because people think breathing and respiration are the same. So in that wording, I think instead of breathing, it should be respiration. If we are alive, it means that we are a, we have a functional, functioning respiratory system. So we are respirating, but we are not properly breathing. So respirating doesn't mean, mean you are breathing properly because respiration and breathing are different. Respiration is a brainstem reflex. It happens automatically. It's like your digestive system. It's like your heart. You know, you can't manipulate and you can't control your brain or how your heart works or how your you know, respiratory system or your lungs, but you can manipulate and control your breathing. So breathing is something we control and we manipulate. And because of the psychological side of breathing, because how we breathe changes our psychology immediately and we can change our psychology immediately. We can numb ourselves or we can stop feeling something when things get intense. We all learned dysfunctional breathing habits to cope with life, basically, because sometimes, especially during childhood, you know, psychotherapists and psychologists usually talk about the traumatic you know, incidents and anything can be a trauma, even little things. So during those experiences what we did is if something huge emotionally intense happens in your life you tend to cope with it by changing your breathing and that's that's what we do that's what we've been doing for example someone died in the family a lot of grief you're four years old five years old it's too much you just you know can't breathe through that you change your breath you stop before the inhale before the exhale you breathe shallow or deeper, faster, slower. And what's a dysfunctional breathing habit is actually everything we are doing with our breathing that is not aligned with the respiratory physiology. Because we can manipulate, control, and change our breathing, because breathing is something we can control, the way we breathe might not be the way our body wants us to breathe. And that's a problem. So it's kind of like there are some respiratory, not some, there is the respiratory reflexes controlled by the brain. And it's it's kind of like how respiration happens is because respiration regulates the body fluid pH, our all overall pH levels, basically, the brain is responsible for just getting all the signals from the body and also just monitoring the body, you know, how much oxygen you need, the pH and everything and just regulates the respiratory system by the respiratory reflexes. That's why, for example, when people run or when do they do uh, practice competitive sports, they tend to breathe deeper because the body is producing too much lactic acid and the body, by uh, leading you into deep breathing, is trying to compensate that lactic acid by 
increasing the oxygen levels, decreasing the carbon dioxide levels, helping you get into a more alkaline state to compensate that lactic acid so that you don't die. And if you're a shallow breather, and if you can't breathe deep and you're doing sports, you'll feel out of breath, you can even faint. There are people who have heart attacks and this and that. And the opposite is also true. It's like you're in the office, you're just, you just had a, you're just having a bad day, you're not physically doing anything. So your respiratory reflexes are calm and relaxed, but just to, just because you are stressed, you start taking deep breaths to calm you down, which is not aligned with the respiratory physiology or respiratory reflexes. It's kind of like your body doesn't need deep breathing, but you psychologically need deep breathing. And then while you deeply breathe, because that's not aligned with the respiratory reflexes, that's a dysfunctional breathing habit. So every time we took control of our breathing, every time we started to manipulate our breathing, um, if that became a breathing habit, which can become a breathing habit because breathing is physiological and our physiology learns habits like ticks, if that became a habit that then causes many problems, there are more than 200 scientifically well-known symptoms symptoms of dysfunctional breathing habits, like anxiety, panic attacks, headaches, migraine, chronic fatigue, attention deficit problems, ADD, ADHD. These can all be healed or eased by analyzing your breathing habit and then going on customized journeys, just practicing the techniques you specifically need. And that's what we've been focused on. That's what we, I've, I've personally been focused on, you know, creating and that's what we created for BreathUp, a unique algorithm, breath analysis uh, for people to you know, go on the app, answer some questions. The algorithm works by itself, and then it creates a unique journey for each and every individual to get the best results. Just, I mean, just using the app, people have been healing migraines, people have been healing attention deficit problems, all kinds of pain, neck pain, shoulder pain, chronic fatigue, like we're getting really good feedback and that's by, you know, going on customized journeys. Like I said, when it comes to breath work to get the best results, breath analysis is the first step we need to take. Uh, and there is no such thing as this breathing technique gives you this results because it, it you know, uh, we don't know. I mean, it, it all depends on how you are breathing. So this is really interesting because I'm thinking about the person listening, including myself, who's thinking, I mean, experts for a while now have been telling us if we're stressed to take, you know, three, five deep breaths, um, maybe do box <laughs> breaths, maybe do, you know, whatever. And it, and it is very prescriptive and it is very generalized. And there's certainly not any kind of individual assessment of the person. Um, what what is that potential? What is that habit that we are developing because we're listening to what people are telling us? What is that habit potentially doing in a negative way to us if if that isn't aligned with our respiration? I mean, it's like for something to become a habit, you need to do it unconsciously. So habits usually happen unconsciously without even you recognizing. And then the breathing habits, like if you have a dysfunctional breathing habit, it gets triggered right before the symptoms you experience, like anxiety, panic attack, headaches, migraine, depression. So if people were able to just stop, pause, 
just before, for example, an anxiety attack or when they, the first moment they started feeling the headache. And if they did pay attention to their breathing, they would see that they were doing something weird with their breathing, either breathing too fast, too shallow, too deep, or in an unbalanced way, like their usual breathing. And one of our one of our uh, objectives with Breath Up is to help people get aware about their breathing because, uh, and we have you know certain breathing awareness exercises on the app and with breath uh, awareness exercises, what your body learns is first thing, we need to become aware of our, our breathing while we are relaxed. And the tricky thing about breathing is the way I am breathing when I am relaxed and the way you are breathing when you are relaxed are not the same. And we have done research with over 40,000 people with capnographs, and we have seen that to have the perfect respiratory chemistry, which is to have the best breathing habit, you know, when breathing and your respiration are aligned, uh, people need to find their own calm and balanced state. Because there is no such thing as if you're breathing like this, your respiratory chemistry is perfect. Because we have found out that, for example, some people were breathing much, way faster than, for example, I am. And their respiratory chemistry physiology was perfect. If they slowed down, their respiratory chemistry got unbalanced. If I, you know, had a fast, if I breathe faster, my respiratory physiology or chemistry gets unbalanced. So it's like because how we because our breathing depends on, you know, many things, there is no such thing as this is the best way to breathe. And I think most people don't realize that. It's like slow breathing might be helping you, but might not be helping someone else. Fast breathing might be helping, you know, someone might be helping you and might not be helping me. So the first thing I would suggest to everyone is to really take time to spend, you know, to spend time with their breathing, especially when they're calm and balanced, because there is this uh, sense of feeling where we are, we are, we are like balanced and centered we all know that feeling like maybe when you're alone when you woke up in the morning there is this balanced state because our respiration regulates the body fluid ph our it regulates our uh, psychology and due to that our breathing regulates our psychology so whenever we are balanced and whenever we are calm we have the perfect breathing habits and understanding what we are doing while we are calm and balanced is very important because then you can take the step to you know be conscious about your breathing during the day especially right before the symptoms occur because you're gonna see you're doing something totally different like every time i felt anxious and i got very much aware of my breathing habit too and i you know changed it many years ago and i'm still aware of it but the first time i started with my breathing like I have a slower breathing habit than not breathing habit. I would say that my body's respiratory reflexes lead my body to a more calmer breathing habit. 
or to a more calm and you know uh, slow breath. Uh, and right before the times I was feeling nervous or or anxious, I realized I was breathing faster than I used to. And whenever I slowed it down, I got back to that balanced state. So the first step is understanding how you are breathing, just observing your breath, especially during the times you are calm and balanced. During the times people are calmed and balanced, they don't do anything. You know, they, they, they just continue with their day. But if you could just stop and just watch how you're breathing, because your breathing keeps you calm and balanced, then you will be able to connect with the way you are you know, breathing, the, wor- the way your breath should be. And every time you feel weird, like anxious, depressed, you know, kind of panicky or in fear, if you paid attention, you would realize that you were feeling totally, you were breathing totally different. And then you can change it. So that's the way we've been teaching people, uh, you, you know, to recognize their breathing habits and then to recognize before the symptoms. Uh, really interesting. And that's how, yeah. And then that's how on the app, will eat people because by asking them certain questions, especially about their symptoms, we can understand how they are breathing uh, because certain symptoms occur uh, because of certain breathing habits. And then with that, we can, the algorithm calculates a unique journey for you. Yeah, this is really interesting for me. So it really boils down to self-awareness and listening to your body versus listening to a prescriptive um, yes. you know, advice on just take five deep, slow breaths, because that may not be yeah. what, what one individual needs. Uh, really interesting for me. I haven't really, yeah. I, I have not, um, you know, researched this enough to know all of this. And so I think this is really fascinating and I appreciate you sharing going back to, um, you mentioned scientific literature and you mentioned even your own studies and research on people, what does this look like from a clinical presentation and a transformation standpoint? So what, what might be occurring in somebody, you mentioned ADD and you mentioned migraines. Um, what might somebody be experiencing that could be related to a breathing dysfunction and what, what does a transformation look like once they, um, are sort of on the right path? Uh, yeah, so with, with breathing habits, a dysfunctional breathing habit is, especially in the respiratory world, it is known as hypocapnia. So hypocapnia is low carbon dioxide levels, uh, and it happens when we take control of our breathing, manipulate our breathing, and breathe deeper than our respiratory physiology needs. The second dysfunctional breathing habit that is well known in the respiratory world is hypercapnia, which is low oxygen and high carbon dioxide levels, which happens when we breathe shallow, especially during physical activity. So with the first one, hypocapnia, we breathe deeper than our body needs for psychological needs. And what happens is because our body doesn't need that much, much oxygen, we go into a symptom called respiratory alkalosis and start experiencing well-known symptoms of respiratory alkalosis, which is anxiety, panic attack, attention deficit problems. These symptoms are in respiratory science books. It, they have been taught to you know, respiratory scientists for ages. And the second thing is hypercapnia, 
which happens when you are doing sports and your body is producing too much lactic acid and you are not breathing and your body reflexes kick in and asks you to breathe deep, but you don't and you stay breathing shallow, then you go and experience a symptom called respiratory acidosis. And then you experience symptoms of acidosis, which is, you know, you can faint, you can have, um, you know, problems like depression, low energy, um, and stuff like that. So these are two different scientific uh, symptoms that happen due to dysfunctional breathing habits. And when we look at what are dysfunctional, what do we do when we breathe dysfunctional? Hundreds of things. We breathe unbalanced, we stop before the inhale, we stop before the exhale, we abort the exhale, we abort the inhale, we breathe too fast, we breathe too slow, we breathe too shallow, we breathe too deep. So it's like anything we do to manipulate our psychology that is not aligned with our, with our physiology does lead to certain symptoms if we keep on doing it uh, day after day. Really interesting. So as the app, help, as you have helped people and as the app helps to like do a self-assessment and then analysis and then do the breath work that fits, what um, does the transformation look like? Is it um, relatively immediate? Does it take time to undo those dysfunctional habits? What does it look sure. like for an individual? Yeah. Uh, to ease the symptoms, I mean, it's quicker once you analyze your breathing habits and go on a customized journey, because you start changing your breathing habits by practicing breath work daily according to a certain schedule, uh, easing the symptoms and healing the symptoms is faster than changing the breathing habits. Changing the breathing habit might take a couple of months, but easing the symptoms is usually like in a in a few days or in a few weeks. Okay. Um, before we wrap up and um, sort of sort of end, I had asked before if we could do an example of a breath work session. Um, and I, I apologize if that's not the right terminology, but uh, and and also now that I'm learning, maybe this this particular breath work session is not necessarily the best for everybody at all times. And so the, I think the self analysis yeah. is is very fascinating. But could you give us an example of what this? For those of us yeah. who are not used to doing breath work, what just so we know what it yeah. looks like. So I think, uh, not think, I know because of also the research we've done, there is, um, so when it comes to breath work, first thing, going with your own pace, not pushing yourself and not trying to overdo it are the three things. So certain breath work techniques can be used with your own pace. One of them is coherent breathing which balances the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system and a technique which everyone can do with their own pace. And right now we can practice that together and that will you know, balance the sympathetic and the parasympathetic, which will help you balance the inhale and the exhale and also your emotions, which will lead you to you know, calming yourself and being centered. Uh, so we start by consciously connecting the inhale and exhale, but not fastening or slowing down our breath. We start by closing our eyes and connecting with our breath, just starting with observing the inhale and exhale, just watching 
observing the inhale coming in through your nostrils and the exhale coming out through the nostrils, in and out. And just as an objective, setting an objective of connecting the inhale and exhale. Breathing in, breathing out, just observing the inhale and exhale, observing the air moving in through the nostrils and moving out through the nostrils. And then now everybody can start counting to four as they inhale with their own pace and counting to four as they exhale in their own pace. Breathing in, two, three, four, could be faster, out, two, three, four. And now focus on consciously connecting the inhale and exhale and balancing the inhale and exhale. We're counting to four as we inhale, four as we exhale, connecting the inhale and exhale, and keep on observing. Instead of doing the breath, just let the breath move by itself with minimum manipulation. We are just leading. So instead of practicing a technique, we are just leading the breath. We are observing, staying in that flow, the breath moving in through the nostrils, counting to four, and out through the nostrils, counting to four. Let's practice this with an intention instead of doing, instead of pushing. Breathe in and out. With the intention of connecting the inhale and exhale and balancing the inhale and exhale, which is right now balancing the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system, the left and right lobe of the brain. Keep on counting to four with your own pace. Do not try to breathe deeper than usual or do not try to slow it down. Just observe and count. You can continue this exercise as much as you want or slowly open your eyes after the last breath. So if, if we don't consciously manipulate the breath, just observe it and just, you know, naturally by observing, lead it, then we can practice certain techniques. Really interesting. So the, this is the, one of them. <laughs> this is like a, almost like a self-assessment. Um, so we're fitting the, the four count into our natural cadence. We're not actually trying to lengthen the count. Okay. I feel like in the past, I, the, I was leading with an intention of slowing that forward to as long as possible, but you're basically saying count to four, but use your natural cadence. 
if if we were working with you together with a capnograph, we would see that you would lose your respiratory balance. Respiratory physiology would get affected if you're doing something unnatural. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Interesting. This is really very interesting for me. Um, and I, I love it. I think it's, gr- I think self-awareness is great. I just never thought of it as much with, with breathing. Um, and it also makes yeah. me think of like, my son is an athlete. And so he, he has tried to help some of his friends with like some of their sprints and how to get through them. And I'm now realizing that what he's telling them to do based on what's working for him may not be <laughs> what works for yeah. them. Um, yeah. so I can educate him on that. And would you recommend, mostly mostly breathing in and out through the nostrils do you ever recommend uh, do some exercises do like in through the nostrils out through the mouth and 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 yeah. alternate that yeah okay. there are there are yeah there are a lot of exercises on breath help app and because we are breathing in all the ways during the day mostly through the nose of course uh, we do suggest everyone to be able to to uh, build the capacity to breathe in all the ways because I think regular breath work and also you know practicing different breath work sessions helps us because it relaxes and expands and you know stretches the breathing. It's it's like how yoga stretches the body, breath work stretches our breathing habit so that our body is able and capable of breathing in all the ways so that when the respiratory reflexes kick in. I can breathe the way my body needs to breathe. And that's real health because when I can't breathe the way my body needs to breathe, that causes a problem. And learned breathing habits are habits like this. You know, for example, shallow breathing. If you're a shallow breather, if that's a learned habit, and if you are not capable of breathing as deep as me or, you know, as deep as your body needs, that's going to cause a problem. Or if you're not able to shallow it down, and if you're a deep breathing, that's going to cause a problem because our body in different stages during the day, in different states during the day and life, needs different breathing habits. When I'm doing sports, I'm breathing deep. When I'm speaking, I'm using the diaphragm. When I'm resting, I'm not using the diaphragm at all. When I'm going to sleep, I'm losing the diaphragm totally, shallowing, shallowing the breath down, breathing real slow. But when I'm active in a meeting right now, I am using the diaphragm and I'm not breathing that shallow. If I was breathing shallow while I'm talking, I would have some speaking issues. So that that's kind of like uh, the whole spectrum of breathing. We need all the ways. There is no such thing as slow breathing is good. And the most important part, and that that's just something amazing, uh, because... You know, the opposite of everybody is speaking about, like, you know, many people say people get anxious because they are breathing fast. That's not true. And that's not scientific at all. That's just pseudoscience because it's not true. When you look at people, people's breathing habits, especially with. Yeah, sorry, I'm going to. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I think my my battery is low. Um, so yeah, so when you when you look at people's breathing with capnographs, and I did, and we did, we have seen that there are a lot of people who are breathing way faster than, for example, I am breathing, and may, maybe some breathwork teachers would even say, "Wow, you're breathing too fast. Slow down." 
which had the perfect respiratory physiology, and they weren't anxious at all. So telling something like anxiety is due to fast breathing is, is not scientific at all, because it isn't. Or saying something like people get anxious and stressed because they are not breathing in the belly is, again, not scientific, because it's not. There are some people who are not breathing in the belly certain times of the day and not getting anxious or stressed at all. Interesting. So it's yeah. like this whole, yeah, because, because, uh, and, and that's our, one of our goals, like training breathwork teachers with breathing sciences. Uh, most breathwork teachers, sadly, uh, because they don't have the respiratory education, do not have any idea about what's going on in the respiration. You know, something else is going on in the respiration. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. To be able to have the data from the body's actual physiology <laughs> to support this rather yeah. than just how the person feels um, yeah. definitely brings it to, to uh, a more credible level. So I appreciate that work that you do. As we wrap up, where should people go? So where can they find the Breath yeah. Hub app? Uh, anywhere, Apple Store, Google Play, uh, they can go to our website, breathhub.app, uh, download the app, try it for free for a week, get the analysis. I think trying the app free for a week is, is a great uh, idea because then you can analyze your breathing, you know, check what you're doing wrong, try it for a couple of days, see how it changes your breathing and ease symptoms. And if you like it, you can continue. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for this work. Thank you for thank following you your heart's passion and uh, <laughs> it's going to benefit us all. So thank you, Nevsha. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Lovely to have you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much to Nevsha for sharing these amazing insights. I know I will now think about breath work a little bit differently and work on my own patterns and assessment. So I hope you also take this information and apply it to your own life. And I would love to hear all about it. You can always send me an email at claudia at peaceadvocacygroup.com. I'll see you here again next time. <laughs>